It's fucking recording. I, I still need to work out how we're going to do this rebound. So I think we should have like a really um, like cheesy song that's sung by the team of Resfluent. That oh, like, yeah, like I think It'd if we good. do it, I think if we do it like every Friday, every like. If we do it the same day, so if, like if it was always Friday, it could be like it's Friday, it's Friday. <laughs> Welcome to the Rebellion Show with Friday, and then Pete comes in with his it's Friday. Yeah. I like you get the harmonies in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sherry can come in with her like it's motherfucking Friday. <laughs> oh, you can't give Chester solo. You can't do it. It's part. It's just part yeah. and parcel now. She's the only actual singer in the group, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I'm deaf. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've got someone, so he's deaf, someone that's tone deaf, and then an actual singer, right? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. with the perfect band, just great. I would be with like, I can't sing. I'm tone deaf, and I'm like, I can't sing. I'm actually deaf. Oh, fucking hell! Oh. I'd say don't give up the day job, James, but we really can't afford to. <laughs> no, that's true. Do you know what I can do? I can do a good, I think I think I can do a good trumpet. You know, like. Okay. I think that sounds like a good oh, trumpet. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I don't actually think I can do any of that. No, I can't even do it. It's just, it's shit. Oh shit! My, my, I'm telling you now. If you were yeah. walking past and I was, I had a microphone. And I was hiding around the corner. I was like, da, 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 da. you'd be like, oh my god, the Aristocats around the corner. You think it was like proper, proper fucking, I don't know, jazz band or something? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Magician, where's he keep his trumpet? That's it. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Oh Jesus Christ! This yeah, is what I, when I envision the rebound and safety show, I genuinely envision just pure bullshit with a little bit of safety and a little bit of business sprinkled okay, in for good vision. Ah, so it's like what the the cappuccino of the safety world. Then you got like an actual little bit of content at the bottom, and then just like filler for the like the ninety percent of the cut. That's it. We're like the last full of hot air and foam and shit. <laughs> We're like a fucking latte. Like you, you order the coffee, and what you've actually got is frothy milk. That's it. That's it. I really want to get an espresso machine as well. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I want to get like a proper like. No, I tell you yeah. what, I'd, I'm here for that. I've got a level one barista certificate, James. It's gathering dust. No, in my you I do. I can do a leaf, right? Honestly. Really the best leaf you've ever seen on a latte, hundred percent, mate. Oh yeah. When, ladies and gentlemen, when you thought Mister Jenkins could not get any better, mate. Honestly, I would. Do you know what I was calling you last night? So shout out to uh, HSE Recruitment Network. We um, they invited me to their their little wine tasting thing last night, which was pretty cool. Um, it was basically just lots of free wine and antipasti, which hey. How you win me over, you know? Like it was, it was nice, and there was a lot of people that were talking about you, Pete. I think they're quite big food and drink game. So as as you are, so um, there was a lot of people that knew you. 
Well, Peter Jenkins working for you. Yeah, yeah. Peter Jenkins part. Oh yeah, Peter Jenkins. Yeah, Peter. Jen- oh, Peter Jenkins. Yeah, Peter. I was like, well, fuck my fucking business, you know. <laughs> Anyway, you're very very welcome, James. You're very welcome, can I say? You're just Beanock in the food industry. That's me. Classic. We've got no customers in the food drink industry. No, we actually don't yet, do we? Give it time. Give it time. So I was talking. uh, Let me get his um, name real quick because I forgot it already. I was talking to Mark. Um, one of the directors or senior uh, SLT at the network, and we were just chatting away. And um, and he he was saying, like, he's like, every day I'll wake up, I'll just check LinkedIn, and there's Peter right in front of me. He's just there. He's always there. And, like, I read his posts, and I'm like, he hasn't just put this little thing out that's, like, more than everyone little bit of bullshit. It's like, oh, considering the statistical analysis, he's like, how did this brain work? I said, I don't know. I do not know. I genuinely think he's AI. I don't think he's real. <laughs> right. I tell you what, you know, that's, it's such a good point, right, on, like, the consistency of doing stuff. Because I honestly, I, I've got – so other, other, earlier on this week, right, I, uh, I went to the Irish presidential handover, right, between Lawrence yeah. Webb and Stuart Hughes. And congratulations, Stuart. Congratulations, Stuart, indeed. It's going to be an amazing year, it really is. At the event, there was quite, I'm going to call it kind of like some some LinkedIn royalty that was there, to use the phrase that I think Sunit used when she, she put a post up, right? And I met James Pomeroy. Oh, yeah. Who, in my opinion, is probably one of the best UK-based health and safety kind of LinkedIn posters yeah. that there is. I yeah. feel that I learn so much when james posts if only because i have to research what he's posted about to then actually be able to reply to it right yeah i think he he put something up the other day and i remember speaking to you about it james and i was like i I literally had no idea what he was talking about for the first couple of minutes researched it and was like wow oh my god that actually i think it was uh, isomorphism right please don't put me on the spot to repeat what it was did you not comment on my thing he put a poster, and then I commented, and then you commented, and then he commented, and you you two just went off on something, and I I just I left. <laughs> like if, it, if, it, no. if it was like a face to face event, I'd have just like simmered into the background. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that genuinely, genuinely, that is the great thing about LinkedIn, though, because I I learned so much from those posts that he puts up and the comments that he writes about, if only because it's really pushing forward with what safety theory and safety practice could be. Um, it, it, although he wasn't there, it's another great post on LinkedIn. Uh, Andrew Prothero as well, who I probably just butchered his pronunciation of his last name. But he did the uh, effectively the modern version of the trolley problem, perhaps in some respects, mm-hmm. when he was talking about the uh, the, the van yeah. that did the yeah. kind of illegal manoeuvre basically across it. And at first it was like, is the van okay doing it when he doesn't kill anyone? And then as it turns out, he'd actually killed someone doing doing it. And it was sort of yeah. like, oh, geez, what does that? How does that change your perspective? A little I bit, enjoy- you know, get divisive, yeah. but again, great conversations from it. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. <clears throat> I like engaging with Andrew because he, we kind of, I feel like we don't really know each other at all, mm-hmm. through, other than through LinkedIn. We haven't really engaged much, but 
we seem to have this thing where we can I feel like I can challenge him and he can challenge me and we're not going to get all shitty with each other which I quite like however I will add Andrew if you are listening I don't think he does listen to rebound safety but if you do I do feel like you full-on lured me into a trap with that with that one like what do you think about this situation oh yeah there's this oh yeah 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 boom someone died and I was like motherfucker like it was a little bit of a bait and switch. A little bit of a bait and switch. Little, I'll, little, I will admit. Little, I'll admit. Little. But what a conversation as part of it. Again, re- really good from that side. I tell you, I really enjoy looking at from what he posts as well. Uh, ben Hutchinson posts oh, a yeah. load of good stuff, doing a load of safety papers um, that he kind of puts I out don't there as read well. academia anymore. I just read his posts. Who? I'll be honest with you. In, in the, I mean, this with the greatest respect because obviously this is a big broad brush stuff here. But who, as like a standard safety professional member, is having time to go and physically research new articles? We, we don't have like the policy and practice books that come out anymore that have kind of got condensed bits of information in and stuff. Is that, is that really not? They don't do that anymore. No, not if they do, please, I mean, please do. You know, I'm happy to be wrong with that, but I think they stopped doing it a, a little while ago. I've not seen one in ages. And it's a shame. It's a shame because I'm sure there's a load of really good academic stuff that comes out. But I'll be honest with you. If it's not on the Safety at Work podcast, it's not something that you and I cover as part of what we talk about and what we try and apply in work, it's hard to see. Yeah, so <laughs> when we get people in the safety industry that, for example, publish an amazing framework that they send out for free to people that covers some of the most progressive Ooh, ideas okay. about how we can take safety forward, Oh, James, is that a co- is that a copy of it? it t- t- tell us about it, James. What's <laughs> you? Fucking hell. Ah, fine. I'll talk about it. I feel really awkward talking about it. I don't know why. Essentially, it's like, it's supposed to be the first of several guides, but now I feel... All right, hang on, James, James. Let's rebound. Let's go easy, right? What's it called? Oh, sorry. It's called How to Rebrand Safety Part 1. Amazing. What's it about? It's about how to rebrand safety, really. In a <laughs> so it, it's kind of how I have worked for, I, I suppose, maybe like the last, well, how old is rebranding safety? About five years? So probably about that five years. So I, I remember I first read, where is it? It's in it. I read this book, Mind Your Own Business, Andrew Sharman and Dame Judith Hackett. It's a partnership book. Um, And it it, it was very good. And it was kind of the first thing that I read that I was like, yeah, that's how I, that's how I think about safety, like more people centered, more kind of behavioral focused, more reasonable, more practical. and then that was kind of where rerunning safety started, where well, at least the idea for something started. And then rerunning safety started. I started reading stuff, talking about it, reading stuff, talking about it, getting people on podcasts, talking to people, and then going to work, trying it, find it out, come back to the podcast, work, find, try, blah, 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 and repeat the loop. Take notes. And this has been about 20 different versions. It was once a book, like a proper book. And then it was, um, then it was a framework in a job, and then 
Um, and then it was risk fluence framework. Um, yeah. So essentially, when I kind of talk about it, I say it's my brain farts, which essentially it is, but it's kind of adding structure to how I would approach a customer's problem. So if we're going to so, a customer and they say, I don't know, the, no one's no one's doing NIMIS reports, like this framework will help me structure the solution for that problem. Gotcha. And, you know, let, let's try and kind of not, I don't want, you know, I'm trying to make this sound like a pitch, right, in any capacity whatsoever. But I first experienced your framework when you kind of did it as part of the GD, GGF type of mm. stuff. You did a presentation series. Yes, on it that yeah, kind yeah. of talk through the different areas and i remember thinking at the time like wow okay this this is definitely this is a bit different than we've seen before and really understanding how it can be applied in practice yeah. now most recently those uh those of, who were signed up to kind of follow you on linkedin either personally following me on linkedin or following the business of risk fluent on linkedin will have seen that we got quite a nice shout out from cbre uh, yeah. and uh, the gws section of cbre and that was off the back of the hackathon that we did with them now for those who aren't aware what hackathon is thinking kind of hang a sec pete where's this going so a hackathon is where you get a group of people together in a room and you attempt to hack several problem statements to create tangible and value-adding solutions basically you leave the room at the end of the day with stuff you can actually take back to your business and put in place and make a real difference and the framework formed the basis of this hackathon, didn't it, James? We, we covered the four yeah. areas, which was what culture, resilience, learning, and human performance. Oh, it's reliability, not resilience, but very good. Very good. Well done, mate. Reli so reliability. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Human performance. Human performance. And, and organizational learning. Yeah. You got it. You're also fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> damn it that's my exceeding expectations just out the fucking window right Bollocks i knew i shouldn't have said it with so much confidence right outrageous to be, fair, James, to, to be fair the first the, no it wouldn't be the first person should be about 20 versions of this, but the yeah. a, for a long time reliability was actually called risk and resilience yeah so, so what you, that in, might be in, in that respect talk us through it Talk us through it. If I, James, unfortunately, okay. got a little confused between the two, what do we mean <laughs> when we're talking about reliability, culture, yep. organizational learning, and human performance? What what is that in risk to okay. risk fluent? What what's what how how is that fitting in the brainchild or yep. kind of the the output of what you've managed to produce uh, for the business and what people have loved reading uh, when you've sent it out to them? Yeah. Okay. So. There, so that there are before I introduce a framework, I would or to go through it, I, I do like to give two caveats. One, if this framework doesn't change within probably five to ten years, it's failed. So it it should be wrong in a couple of years' time. It should evolve as the world evolves, as the economy evolves, as maturity evolves. It it should evolve. And actually, there are there is one bit of the framework which I'm a little bit like hmm, that could actually be that could actually be this. Um, so it's already evolving and, and ultimately as people read it and play with it and adjust it, they evolve it themselves, which we've seen at CBRE as well. So, um, so yeah, it evolves in its own time. Secondly, I would say all models are wrong and some are useful. So that this might not work for you. I've made it to try, it, it works for us or it works for, for me anyway, within the business and ultimately you, you use bits of it or you mold it yourself. But if you were to imagine that all of this stuff, new view, behavior-based safety, hop, 
all, all of that stuff is like a buffet, which is kind of how I've spoken about it on Rebound Safety for so long. Um, it, it's, it's a buffet. You're up that buffet. Maybe you're a little bit overwhelmed by how do you take all of those bits and turn it into a plate? That's what this framework is trying to do. It's like the little, it's a little kind of menu on the side of like how to use this buffet. And that's what the framework is trying to do. So the whole framework, oh, sorry, mate, go on. No, 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 just saying it, it's good. It's, it's the tangible element to it. You know, it's it, without wanting to kind of sort of throw shade in any direction, it can be a little easy to provide some kind of like lofty top level, do this and everything's going to be rosy. You'll save a million lives and everything will be great. Mm. But it can be really hard to take those theories and put it into practice. You know, yeah. dare I say, we even saw a lot of that with the introduction of what new view safety could be. And that's not mm. to kind of take us down a rabbit hole of implementation of safety theory for a second. But mm. what I will say is that in the booklet, you do actually cover actually some quite tangible, literally tangible examples of activities that people mm. can actually do don't use part of this. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this book is just an introduction. So the view is that there's a series of them. Um, so as you mentioned, there's four foundation areas within the framework. Um, and the vision is that there'll be a guide for each of those, uh, each of those kind of quadrants of the, of the framework, which we're working on currently. So to kind of just very briefly go through each one of those, you've got reliability. Well, actually, let's start at the top. So the whole thing is called operational success. The framework is called operational success, which me and you kind of come across this um, the same in that essentially operate if if an operation is successful and you achieve kind of operational excellence to it to an es to an essence, you've you're inherently managing the risks of an operation and one of yeah. the risks of an operation is safety another would be quality another would be environment data security slavery all of those things are they require risk management and risk management is just a fundamental part of in the, in our framework reliability and all of that is just a fundamental part of creating a successful operation. So that's the point of it, is that trying to think about operations is what we're trying to do here. And within an operation, there are four foundational areas that we that I think and we think of the business kind of contribute to that success. There's creating reliability. Reliability currently is then broken down into the resilience of that operation. So how do we successfully deal with change? How do we successfully deal with failure? And we talk about capacity and we talk about uh, coupling and complexity in that. And then we have risk management. And then we talk about kind of operational risk management. And, we, and, and essentially risk management is like the easiest one. Um, it's dead simple. Identify hazards. Identify interactions of hazards, manage interaction. But this is fucking dead simple. But what but what we have slightly changed there, and I suppose there's more in the interaction, there's more of that. Granted, there's more to go into that. But if the reason why I use that phraseology, hazards is kind of attached to safety, but a hazard in data security is a phishing email and a hazard in slavery, modern slavery would be kind of uh, an, un, an untested agent, for example, or something like that. It, it's, they're, they're hazards, they're no different from a slip or a trip or something like that. They're all hazards and then the business interacts with those hazards and you manage it. So when we talk, when I like, you know, the dream, I suppose, from that point of view is if a business has a risk assessment, 
for quality and a risk assessment for safety and they look exactly the same and they're done in the exact same structure i'd be i'd be quite happy and i think that would that would succeed and then supporting both of those two is risk-based thinking so <clears throat> how do we think critically how do we make reasonable and practicable kind of balances how do we balance likelihood and severity and stuff like that so all of those kind of build the reliability of the organization or the operation we have the culture so the culture kind of essentially is the, the woolliest one of the lot but I think that it is also the simplest one of the lot, but the hardest one to do because it takes the longest time. The simple way that I like to describe culture is that it's kind of managing interactions or building interactions. So we have the first the first foundation of culture, the first support of culture is cultural foundations, which is vision, mission, value, purpose, values, principles, whatever you want to call it. But the business has some tangible structure and then we build interactions more that are complementary that to that than there are not complementary and essentially that's how you build culture based on the current science but all of the science kind of agree with each other but that's the point of science um then we have leadership so we look at operational leadership uh which is the people on the shop floor so who's motivating the teams on the day-to-day -day. Yeah. so they like supervisors but they don't necessarily need to be in a role they're just those people that seem to run uh run the machine and that everyone goes to them and they, they just motivate everyone and that sometimes they're in a position and sometimes they're not uh, and then you have strategic leadership which is not just the person it's also the business so if you i don't know if you've listened or read um turn the ship around um so no, if you if you read that book he talks about different leadership styles he's uh the leader follower the leader leader and then also he talks about like the the procedural led or something like that i can't remember what he calls it but essentially like that's pretty much where safety sits a lot of the time and a lot of businesses sit where the procedures are the leader of the business their style is people are led by procedures but then we've also got the people within that strategic leadership so we've got how does the business lead do we build leaders and leaders or do we build leaders and followers or what what's how does a business want to lead and then how the people within those different leadership styles do we understand where those leadership styles are used and like, are we demonizing different leadership styles and so on and so on and there's loads to talk about there as well but then underneath all of that is perception visibility and influence so how are we perceiving the leadership how visible are they and is it having an influence moving swiftly on we've got human performance this essentially is how do we enable humans to perform within the organization so we have influence. can i, can I can i jump in there with a question for a sec so yeah. treat me as a little bit of a layman for a second i understand yeah. hop i've heard of the term hop before yeah. i'm now here in human performance mm. what's the difference there essentially isn't a difference there's also hpi as well which is human performance improvement i think um so hpi is very american popular way of calling it hop is also quite american but then also Hop is what came over to the UK. Hop is just the same. The reason I went, I didn't go with Hop and called it Human Performance is because I am trying to bridge. I'm trying to bridge the world of behavioural economics and behavioural um, science, behavioural safety, human performance, and human factors, which are all separate kind of studies of behaviour in the workplace. 
Um, they're essentially all saying the same fucking thing and no one really knows which one to stick to. So Hop, essentially, the reason why I didn't call it Hop was because I see Hop as a brand and and I didn't want to put my brand with someone else's brand, if that makes sense. So it kind of sounds that through what what we're doing here with human performance, it's consolidating effectively the best parts of it, of kind of all these different kind of areas, different types of tangents, but without diluting the benefits that it can bring to to effectively the end user. Right? Is that is that right? In, it's, it's an attempt to. Yeah, I'm not going to preach to say that we have done that. I don't, hopefully we have, but but yeah, it's an attempt to do that. In that, when we did the the, the mini series or the not so mini series ended up being a massive series, but like the new view safety one versus safety two on rebound and safety, we had Dominic Cooper on who is behavioral safety and very vocal against pretty much anything hop. Right. And then we also had Todd Conklin on. They say the same thing. Like it's, it, they, they say the same thing. There's also a very popular panel discussion between Todd and I can't remember his name, but um, he's kind of like kind of like the godfather of um, behavioral safety. I can't find his book. It must be in my other room. But um, he was kind of like Dom Cooper's either mentor or they worked very closely together. Anyway, it's regardless. But there's him on this panel, and he says something like the the behaviors influence the uh, are influenced by the by the surroundings by the environment and then Todd will say context drives behaviors and you're like oh, the same thing yeah I've totally gate and you know I, again this kind of comes back to what we were saying a little bit before who's kind of got time really to be investing in looking at the difference between hop the difference between all these different bits and pieces I'll be honest with you James I feel that especially when I was kind of in a non-consultant position that I, I was time poor. I just needed mm. to know, mm. okay, human performance, I get it, it's big, I need to focus on it, but good God, how do I actually do it? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the feedback that it seems that we've had from this human performance section so far on that has been spot on. So we've mm. got creating reliability, culture, human performance. What's, yeah. what's that last section about? Um, so within human performance, you've got a couple of things that try and break that down, but then we move on. Yeah, yeah, to, no, go for it, go for it. Um, well, I don't want to take, how long have we been on here? Fucking 26 minutes. So, um, with, so essentially you've got foundations and you've got supports and then underneath that, you've got, fuck, what do we call <laughs> Pathways. <laughs> we've called it so many different things. <laughs> No, I get, I get you, I get you. That that's the whole thing. Why I was getting confused between resilience and the reliability because I squared <laughs> out when I saw it. So I looked at my old GGF stuff and I could have sworn that it was there. It was, at GGF, it was also resilience. To be fair, right. Um, so that, that was a much simpler framework. That was only three pillars. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and this has essentially just evolved on from that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so within human performance, you have influence and behavior, which essentially is how we influence how people make decisions on the shop floor. Um, Then we have people-centered work, which essentially in a nutshell is how do we design work around the person? How much are we including them in this this building of the environment? There's there's slight minutiae, I think, between influence and behavior and people-centered work. People-centered work would influence behavior 100%, but I would say that 
people-centered work is design point influence and behavior is probably like consistent along along the life cycle of the job if that makes sense and then we have competence well that's dead simple we all know what that one is but we break that down a little bit further into task competence risk competence and social competence which i won't go into because we'll be here forever um then we move into organizational learning so essentially this is dead simple um but probably the one that people get more mostly uh stuck on maybe i suppose um so so we have organizational learning and within that we have psychological safety so that's how people how comfortable people are to speak up um how motivated they are to speak up whether there's clarity in that it is their time to speak up and they're the right person to speak up so there's those and then we've got managing drift which is understanding work is done work is imagined uh, and building a supervisory and monitoring system with within those two those two areas and then we have learning so essentially it's like how do we learn from success how do we learn from uh, the outside of us so learning from others our competition trade associations uh, the hse so on and so on and then finally learning from failure and in a nutshell, that's it. So there's a lot more that goes into pretty much all of those, which is why, which is why we kind of said, let's break this down into, let's break this down into tangible guides that that people can just pick up and go, oh, okay, yeah. The whole the whole core thing of this is is about. If people hopefully once we've finished once we've written them written them all and they're all there that people actually can fucking do something from this so like i would i'd been really upset if we'd have just wrote a big book and it was just a collection of statements and it wasn't anything that we could people could actually do like we're try i'm trying anyway uh to really give people things that they're like i can pick this up and i can run with this actually it might not be perfect but it but it's helping me get at least started I get it, and I think as like we've seen from the feedback on LinkedIn, it's been really well received so far. So I've got a couple of quick questions for you, James. Right? Let's say that I've heard this. I thought, hey, that sounds really interesting. Where can I get a copy of this booklet from? How can I see it? So at the moment, we are only sending it out per by email on PDF, or if you're if you want to DM me or email me your address, we will send you a hard copy. We've got some left. I think we've got like a box and a half or a box left ish i don't know the numbers um but we've got some left to send out in hard copy and that's just part of a kind of promotional campaign get it out there as quick as possible um in following on from that um hard copy will start to be charged in the future probably in the new year time just because it costs us money to get printed um and ship it and all of that stuff but it will be hopefully as cheap as we can do but the pdf at least for the first one um will be free uh, it will just be it will just sit behind a scorecard and the scorecard will hopefully help people as well so in the new year <clears throat> towards the end of this year slash new year um the new, the new website will be up and running people will go on and they'll do like a, a, a scorecard which essentially is like a series of questions um which is all based around the framework and then that'll give them scores for each of those foundation areas for the for the framework so it'll give them an area to target first and then they'll get a pdf of this book and then off they go they can go and do it so like i said it's all about trying to help people get started i don't people will be like well yeah but it's a business you're obviously trying to get money like 
fucking obviously of course i am um so ultimately if you can do it yourself fucking great and i'm chuffed and please come like email me come on the podcast and tell me how you did it if you changed it i'd love to hear that be so cool um and then ultimately if you can't do it give us a call and we'll help you gotcha so in in summary of that i loved it i want to see more about it drop your dm check you out on linkedin get signed up in the new year, go for the scorecard, get a PDF copy. But if I DM you really politely and say, James, please, can you make my Christmas wish come true and send me a physical copy in time for Santa Claus, you will be able to, which is ace to hear. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, we can get it delivered up, I think, right until near Christmas. But it'd be more like Sherry getting pissed off because she's writing all the all the uh, addresses because my handwriting is... That's fine. Sherry isn't in the podcast right now. She is editing this, so she can choose to edit it out if she wants. But in that yeah, case, Sherry will make it happen. Yeah. It would just be, it would just be, uh, yeah, and uh, James will post them all out to you. <laughs> I can see it now. So we've got that bit sorted, which is ace. My next question for you. We said at the start, CBRE had the hackathon. It was based on bits that we've gone through in the framework. We've had some amazing feedback from attendees of it and from CBRE themselves. Where, where can people go if they want to potentially register some interest in attending the next one that we do? Could they just drop you the same thing, drop you a message, connect with us on LinkedIn if, they, if they're kind of keen to say, hey, if there's an option for me being a part of this hackathon, I'd love to be there. What do they do? Yeah, for sure. I think if you want to run one yourself, so typically like bigger businesses, um, I think should be doing more of these. I think you, we've, we've got to shout out to CBRE of what, what they're doing is, it's really interesting. We're doing two projects with them. One is focused on improving how they help their subcontractors, which are small businesses, all the way up to um, all the way up to big businesses, um, which is amazing because we work with a lot of small businesses that are essentially the type of company that would be some subcontracted by CBRE, and often they're treated really poorly by big business. So that's really nice. So shout out to them for doing that, um, and it's a pleasure to be involved in that. Then they did the hackathon as well, which is more broad. So the hackathon was focused more on on solving that problem of how we monitor and measure success within uh, operational uh, kind of risk management, operational success, safety, whatever we want to call it, right? So they essentially invited a shed load of other thinkers, safety people, influencers in quotations into the room and, and essentially yeah we've we facilitated a conversation to try and go through that and i know sunit's working really hard to try and turn that into some kind of infographic or report or something which would be cool i can't wait to see what they do with that um so i think if a big business is like we want to do that whether it's internally or externally i think they're really cool um i think either email me or you. So whoever they've got a relationship, whether they want to email you, so peter at riskfluentltd.com, or if you've got a relationship with me, feel free to email me, uh, james at riskfluentltd.com. Or if you've got a relationship with neither of us, then just go it, it, dog shit, and then just pick one. Um, I'm actually going to say, no, please don't do that. If you don't have a relationship with either of us, send me a message because I get commission. <laughs> he does. Email him. <laughs> He's also a much better salesman than I am. So email Pete. Outrageous. Um, so, yeah. So or, it's or, been, it's or, been really good fun. LinkedIn's a great platform, so you can DM us on LinkedIn exactly. as well. Beautiful. So really really good fun with the hackathon i know that i mean i appreciate we're kind of trying to wrap up the year really in some ways but we've covered loads of bits there we've done kind of some of the bigger transformation work that we've done 
obviously we're still going on with a lot of technical work since I've been in the business now, what, like 14, 15 weeks, crazy how fast time's gone by. Mm -hmm. But in that time, I've been doing a lot of kind of technical work, working with gap analysis, audits, management system development and design and implementation, literally the A to Z of health and safety topics from accidents through to workplace safety and workplace welfare and everything in between. It has been a riot. So very busy on that side, lots of stuff going on, lots of different businesses dealt with. I think I've spoken and worked with businesses across more sectors in the time that I've been working in risk fluent than I have through my entire career to date before starting. So again, to have that kind of reach across the UK and even to kind of dip the toe into potential international options for 2024, it's exciting. But more on that, more on that in a future podcast, I think. So really good year from that point of view. Um, One of the last bits that we talked about, James, was recruitment. Because I know yep. that kind of a lot of people will be saying, well, hey, hang on a sec, weren't you guys going to be hiring someone else? What's going on? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. Um, James, how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to kind of just give a bit of an update? What are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to um, kind of tell the story of that. So um, so we went to market. Obviously, we went to market the first time and and we got yourself. So obviously, that, that person that we went to market with the first time, um, I think we needed that person, but like you, obviously you gave me a ring and we were like, well, hang on a minute, let's have a have a chat about this. So we we kind of designed a new role and mm. and for you, and that was one hundred percent the right decision. It's been the, the the best thing that's happened to this business, I think, since we started. Essentially, so well that's done good. to you, mate. Um, I think you've been a, a breath of fresh air, and you know when I talk to people about about our relationship in the workplace it's so interesting because we're both very different like i'm like a hectic vision like just fucking let's just go and then you're very like let's look at this and let's oh what's this and like and it's exactly what we needed and i know very much this last like five months has been very much jfdi james style um just for sake of like just how fucking mad it is at the minute um but i promise you there will be some jenkins points at, at some point soon but that that dynamic i think has been lovely and um and i think it was what we needed so i feel like firstly you, you deserve a bit of a shout out there mate so well done um then so then we got to that point and we had that but then we realized actually we do still need that person so we still need that kind of that someone who just wants to be a real shit hawk and salt and they're trying to get up and do the do um we we need that person so we've got you on we've grown a bit more um and we're like oh jesus right okay so we went back to market again so we went back to market again in a market that's very strange at the moment where we're talking to some people we're talking to some recruiters and they're like Oh, the salary brackets are like 30 to 60. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's a 30K range. Like, how can you play in that? That's just unbelievable. Um, and it is and it really depends on industry and it really depends on like so much. There's so many variables, it's hard to navigate. So we went to market and and it went well. Like we got um we got a lot of people that unfortunately were geographically not right, which was a shame because there was a lot of people I'd love to have speak and spoken to, but they were just too far north for us. Um, or, or, and really also for themselves, like I know the toll it takes on you watching you drive all that way to some of these customers. I know the, the toll it takes on me driving and traveling to all of these customers. So 
to do that to someone else wasn't right. So we drew a hard line geographically, um, kind of like south of Birmingham. So I put, well, to be honest, like Northampton. Um, and we were very strict on that. And we took three people through to interview. And then um, we took one person through to um, essentially the final interview. And unfortunately, the day before their final interview, um, they accepted another job. Um, and I will never forgive them for that. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, if he does listen, fair play. I hope it works, mate. Um, but yeah, it's um, so I think then what after that, we kind of paused and reflected because it was end of November. No, it was mid November time, early November, yeah. I think mid November when that happened. So we kind of took a pause and we're like, okay, let's just, let's just think about this. A relatively big customer went, went bust as well. So we lost a, we lost a reasonable contract to it. That was a bit like, oh, hang on a minute. Um, let's, yeah. let's go back and do the maths again. Um, so that all that was going on took some time to reflect i think geographically i might be a bit more relaxed but I, we still couldn't take like really north but i would probably say like midlands would be perfect but i would probably yeah. be a bit more relaxed on that um when we go back to market but essentially we will be going back to market in in the new year um to look yeah. again gotcha well so it's basically we're going back for it's the same role basically but we're kind of saying if you if you're potentially in the midlands geographically that'd work out really well in terms of the customer base that we've got so yeah. if you're keen keep an eye out connect with us on linkedin follow the business on linkedin we'll be putting out some information on that very early in the new year and yeah. just look forward to, to hearing people who are interested in the role coming forward so yeah, yeah. exciting times exciting yeah, it, times ahead it is. It for, is. for 2024 essentially it's somebody that kind of probably in their first or second safety job maybe they're like got a couple of sites or one site and they're whether they're in construction or manufacturing probably doesn't really matter because we've got such a varied base of of customers like there's always going to be gaps in competency that we all look after each other on so i won't, I won't get too bogged down on like your experience but you're probably not a consultant at the moment but you probably want to be a consultant um Knee boss general, fine. You know, if you've got a diploma and you want to go for it, then fine. But I think the salary bracket probably won't match for someone with a with a diploma. So I think it'll be it'll be someone with an EBOS general. Uh and then growth wise within the business, once that person's successful is it's it's huge. Like we've got a lot of firework and that needs some resources, potential if you if that person decided, you know, fuck it, I love fire actually and want to go over there. Um, you know, that's an that's an avenue they could go. Ultimately there's there's a pathway in the business of like consultant, junior partner, senior partner, director. So, you know, we've got big visions. Um so there's so much area for growth is also you could transition over into the transformational side of business where we do all of this stuff like we've been talking about with cbre and the hackathons and more like the framework and, and all of that um so there's just so much potential for this role and hopefully you know i'm kind of looking for a bit of an up-and-comer really without being angry you know you can have someone who who's like older on in their their career second career maybe even maybe even fucking due retirement and they just think i just want to chill out and be a be a just a doer do a consultant mate you're welcome all day yeah it basically no matter kind of who you are where you are in your career if you've liked the sound of this and you think actually i tell you what for that salary as well perfect spot on 
let's go for it let's make it happen give us yeah. a shout and I would say, like, don't don't wait for the wait for the job post. Like, if you listen to this now and you're like, I, I want, I want it, just just give us a bell because I'm hunting people out. Like, I'm looking on LinkedIn. I'm like, hmm, let me message that person and see what they think. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, don't um, don't don't wait for the job post because ultimately, if I, if I use a if I use a recruiter next year, which I might, um, and uh, and you don't wait, you can save me some money. So. <laughs> you know, I'll give you like a true business owner, James. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. 2024 going to be a good year. Going to be a very yeah. good year. But in terms of wrapping up, then bits, other bits that have gone in 2023. I mean, as I say, we've covered the framework, we've covered the hackathons, we've covered transformation work we've done, technical work that we've done, the booklet that you've published out as part of the framework. We've gone through recruitment. Oh God, I feel like I'm catching breath for a second. Any, is there anything else, James, that's kind of, I suppose, in some ways, a bit of a year review, anything you want to kind of bring up and share with uh, with anyone sort of listening in for it? I would say there's one last thing. I think rebound and safety has suffered as a result of all of that. Um, so hopefully people can see that we've 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 invested a little bit in, in rebound and safety and they can see that oh, something looks a little bit different. It's a little bit fam familiar, but a little bit different. Um, we're doing a lot of work to try and get rebound and safety consistently back to what it was. Um, I recorded a video this morning that was kind of like an honest, uh, a very honest, I'm not sure if I'll put it out, I'll wait and see. I've got to watch it and edit it, but it was a very honest, reason and reflection as to why rebound safety um had stopped essentially it stopped like for the last two years there was a couple of bits and bobs but ultimately it stopped which i don't like i don't like the fact it stopped it really kind of pissed me off that, that it that we let it slip but ultimately i think when i reflect on it i think i burnt out a little bit from everything i think i burnt out from safety i think i've had a bit of a weird toxic relationship with safety and social media particularly within the last two years um so i recorded a video on that this morning i might put that out wait and see um but there is like i say i think what i realized from essentially having a beer with you Pete, and a beer with Tony that Rebound safety has done some good some some good stuff and helped some people. And I think the fact that we stopped that, um, it was quite like, oh, okay, we were helping people. And um I don't feel I don't think I quite realise that. Um so I want to start doing that again. I'd like to try next year and kind of find a way to build a bit of a better relationship, a bit better of a tighter relationship with our listeners as well. Like I don't know how, but like you maybe utilizing some community platforms on YouTube and all of that stuff. That was really cool. And I haven't really had a chance to look into that. But yeah, I would say rebound safety kind of suffered over the last two years and, and it it needed to, but it shouldn't have, if that makes sense. And next year I'd like to see it get more consistent. Yeah. Thank you, James, for sharing that. I appreciate, it, especially in this day and age where it's hard to show vulnerability both as a business owner but also content creator and fundamentally just a human being it can be really tough so i would appreciate your honesty with that thank you yeah, yeah so thanks cool i'm right, moving on i feel really awkward now <laughs> <laughs> all right so less awkward less awkward as i say we've got the framework got the call to action out from that point of view get in touch with us on linkedin drop us an email 
peter at riskfluentltd.com if you'd like to go forward with something like a hackathon, if you want any more information, if you'd like to kind of do some technical work with us, transformational work with us, drop me an email, let us know. If you don't want me to get commission, then drop James an email at james at riskfluentltd.com and then James will be loving life. But genuinely, between us, either of us, James, I think it's fair to say we just love to speak to people. So give us a shout, let us know. Definitely. Here you go. That, um, here's the email address. Is it? Okay. So if you see about <laughs> the bottom of your screen now, if you're on YouTube, just email Peter at riskfluentltd.com. You should be able to see it scrolling across the bottom of your screen. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of that. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. All right, James. I mean, to be honest with you, there's nothing else as part of this episode. I reckon it like I've, I've got to kind of say about year in review it's been amazing fun so far i know we're gonna have an amazing year in 2024 i'm gonna stop saying the word amazing now and just show people how amazing it'll be through what i put out on linkedin um yeah so yeah no, looking been, forward to it no it's been a mad year it's been absolutely mad 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 yeah i'm looking forward to a christmas break just to kind of reflect on it all um i think christmas is nice because everybody kind of stops or most people stop um and uh and we get a bit of a time to reflect i'm looking forward to that and uh, yeah, running into 2024 with lots of lots of new stuff coming. Um, yeah, dead excited. So, but thank you very much for I don't know, being with us, following us, listening, watching, being customers, whatever you are. Thank you very much, and thank you, Pia. Merry Christmas as well. Merry Bless. Christmas indeed, mate. Thank you.